It's time now for the complete story with Rich Bot, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Rich Bot with today's complete story. Friends, this is Rich Bot. I'm glad to be back in the studios of Bot Radio Network, uh, sitting in for my dad on this Father's Day weekend. I just got back from Dallas, Texas, where I was there for the big Harvest America Crusade at the AT&T Stadium, and that was a powerful event. And then we also covered the Southern Baptist Convention that took place right after that in Dallas. And uh, some other meetings, I I had a chance to visit our friends at Insight for Living, where uh, Chuck Swindoll's uh, headquarters are located. And so we're going to be talking about some of that here in the next few minutes. But before we get to that and all of the events that took place there in Dallas, uh, we wanted to give a a tribute to fathers for Father's Day. And so uh, I have, in my opinion, uh, the very best dad anybody could hope to ask for. And I want to read this poem in his, in his honor. It's called Dad. He never looks for praises. He's never one to boast. He just goes on quietly working for those he loves the most. His dreams are seldom spoken. His wants are very few. And most of the time his worries will go unspoken to. He's there, a firm foundation through all our storms of life a sturdy hand to hold to in times of stress and strife, a true friend we can turn to when times are good or bad, one of our greatest blessings, the man that we call Dad. And so I just want to dedicate that to my father, my dad, and thank you, Dad. Happy Father's Day on this Father's Day weekend. But you know, we ask our listeners to call our listener comment line and tell us something about their father, that we could air this Father's Day weekend. And I want you to hear some of the wonderful comments that were left on our listener comment line. I'd like to wish all those dads out there this year a happy Father's Day. I'd like to thank my father, most of all, for putting up with me and bearing with me all these years through drug addiction and alcoholism, and then through health problems myself, I couldn't give him enough thanks and enough gratitude to take the place of what he's done to get us kids where we are. But most of all, I thank my Heavenly Father for bearing with me and being beside me in all my battles and struggles. Thank you, Bot Radio, for everything you do for us dads. Keep up the good work, and God bless you and yours on this Father's Day. Bye-bye. My name is Tyson Williams. I just wanted to leave a message uh, for my dad, Jerry Williams, for Father's Day. Um, I can't explain how much he's been uh, so instrumental in my life. He's taken me from a boy to a man, and uh, I've learned everything that I know about life from him. He's been a God-fearing man. He's been a hard worker all of his life, and he's just always displayed just great value. So uh, on this day, Father's Day, I just want to uh, wish my dad a happy Father's Day. This is son Tyson. Happy Father's Day to uh, Jim Williams from Jim Williams, Jr. on Father's Day. God bless you. Hi, my name is Ryan. I just want to say happy Father's Day to my dad, Ron. You've been a great inspiration and took time out from your busy day coming home from work to throw the football with me. Gave me a great upbringing and faith in Christ. You brought me to church on Sundays. Just showed me what a good, upstanding Christian father should be. I hope to pass that along to all my grandchildren and everybody. Thank you, Dad. Love you. I'd just like to say I pray for my dad all the time. I thank him for always being there for me. I hope that he comes to salvation. 
you guys have been a great source of inspiration, and I've got him to listen to you uh, quite frequently. So just hope that he comes to Christ. Thank you for uh, all that you've done. Isn't that wonderful? We have some of the best listeners in the world, and we thank you for sharing those comments about your father. By the way, our listener comment line, uh, for any purpose, if you'd like to call us and give us your comment, it's 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. So happy Father's Day to all of those fathers out there in our listening audience. You know, last Sunday night, we broadcast live the Harvest America Crusade with Greg Glory, where he powerfully preached the gospel, and so many thousands of people came forward to accept Christ. Well, we caught up the next morning with Steve Noble, who was one of our co-hosts that uh, provided that broadcasting for us, and we asked Steve about what happened the night before. What happened, and what did God do? Well, you had uh, there in live attendance last night at the stadium here in Dallas, yeah. AT&T Stadium. You had 35,000 people in the stands. Uh, you had over 100,000 people watching on Facebook Live and other things online. We had over 6,000 host locations bring the crusade in on the Internet, on Roku, on uh, God TV, all these other uh, options. So it literally is a nationwide evangelistic event. Although locally here it feels like it's just in Dallas, but it's much bigger than that. So. What happens is you go through the evening, there's the music and everything, which is really there to uh, kind of energize the local church. When you have a high quality event like that, it makes it easier for individual Christians and churches to want to bring their friends. As a matter of fact, Rich, over the last 29 years, 80% of the people that have come forward at Harvest Crusades were brought by somebody at a local church. So you think it's this big giant event, big giant evangelistic thing, kind of impersonal? No, it's the exact opposite. The only way Harvest Crusades work is because individual believers pray for, invite, and then bring the lost people that they know. Maybe their own family members, maybe a neighbor, a co-worker. It's, uh, it's the and, same and that's way, the way it works, works at Billy Graham Crusades. It's the same way it's always worked since you go back 2,000 years people ago. People bring the their unsaved friend exactly or right. loved one, family member to hear the gospel. So to hear the gospel. And then what happens is they hear the gospel. And oftentimes in churches, a lot of churches, they don't preach the gospel so much anymore. No, and that's the, you know, and, Greg. And, and they, and Greg Glory does. He and has he does the gift. In a very clear way, very compelling way, very biblical way. It's the word of God. Yeah, and he's an evangelist. So it's a, the gift of the evangelist is a supernatural ability to s explain the gospel clearly and biblically to just about anybody. And they have the power because Greg doesn't just preach the gospel, as you know, Rich. He calls people to make a decision, just like Dr. Yeah, Graham did yeah. for all those years. So that's what happens. He in draws you and you realize he's talking to you. And he's, he tells you the whole time, yeah. I'm going to ask you to make a decision. Uh -huh. I'm going to ask you to make a decision. And when he did that at the end of his message last night, there were over 2,400 people that came forward there in the stadium. We know of at least... To, to a, make a decision to for To make Christ. a decision. At least another 1,000 in the host locations. And we're going to be collecting that information over the next week or so. So you'll literally have thousands and thousands of people that came into the family of Christ last night. You know, some people say, well, you know what? That people make a decision in a, in a mass evangelistic crusade like that, it, but it's not real. They, they, it doesn't really stick. But somebody said, I tell you what, you go into a large church today and you ask just the congregation. You said, how many of you got saved at a Billy Graham crusade? And you'll see hands go up all across oh, yeah. the auditorium. That's the fruit that endures. And that'll happen with people who say, how many of you came to know the know Christ because of a, a great glory, Harvest America crusade? In many, many years from now, there'll be people in churches all across the country, that's right. certainly here in Dallas, that say, oh, yeah, that's the night I, I trusted Jesus. Oh, and I still run into people that get involved with the Harvest Crusade who were saved at a Harvest Crusade. <laughs> 
I'm back with you in the studio now, but that's a quick update on the the wonderful results from the Harvest America Crusade last Sunday night. I wanted to share that with you. Also on the floor of the exhibit hall, we caught up with Ronnie Floyd, the pastor of Cross Church, who is also the president of the National Day of Prayer. Now at our booth here is Dr. Ronnie Floyd, and uh, he's a pastor of Cross Church there in uh, Springdale, Arkansas, Northwest, Northwest Ar- Arkansas. We have four campuses. Wonderful. And also, you're the former president of the Southern Baptist That's Convention correct. here, so you know your way around very, very well. Currently, president of the National Day of Prayer, and that's the last time you and I were together in Washington, D.C. Right. What a powerful prophetic moment that was. Yeah, it was an extraordinary night. There in the nation's capital. You know, um, Ronnie, one of the things I appreciated was the wonderful diversity, the very natural right. diversity of uh, people that were there, people that prayed, people that mm-hmm. uh, spoke, yeah. led in praise and worship. Uh, it was a lot like heaven, I believe. Amen. Yeah. Well, you know you know my commitment to that. I know. Because you witnessed that at the Southern Baptist Convention when presidency. Was, when it was in St. Louis. That's correct. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, I have a real strong conviction that that's what we must do because it's the biblical thing to do and trying to simply uh, really encourage people toward unity uh, has to be in the midst of understanding each other's diversity. Right. And there's a purpose in that unity, isn't there? Absolutely. That's to accomplish the will of God. That's Absolutely. to advance the kingdom of God. And to to bear witness of the power of the cross and all that Jesus did for us on the cross. Uh, now, now, tell me about where we are in America. When, when you had all of those people gathered together yeah. for the National Day of Prayer, what are we supposed to be praying for? Mm. What are we supposed to be praying about? Well, you know, Rich, we, we basically had the theme of unity. We have now just discovered, supposedly, that we've had over 50,000 engagements across America uh, in all kinds of settings on the National Day of Prayer. You mean prayer gatherings? That's right, prayer gatherings. and uh, Because you know, I was there with you in Washington, D.C., right. but they had prayer gatherings all, nationwide. All over nationwide, yes. And the National Day of Prayer, obviously, the group that I lead, has all responsibility for as many of those as possible, obviously. But because it's a national law, there's a lot of people that do that, that do it just out of simple understanding that it's the day to pray for America. And mm-hmm. that's why they do it, and thank God they do. And so throughout the, uh, throughout the year, we put together every month, which can be received by National Day or on nationaldayofprayer.org. People can subscribe to the newsletter. And they'll be hearing from me every week. And one of the, one of the weeks, every four weeks, we, we put out prayer points for our nation. Uh, that things that are going to happen, very, very important in the nation that we know about and we feel in relationship to each month of the year. So that's one of the reasons people should follow us is simply uh, it would help them to give specific remarks because thousands upon thousands of people are using that as a prayer guide on how to pray for America. Now, how long have you been a pastor? I've been a pastor for a long time. Okay, well, you've got lots of experience. <laughs> Over 30 years. I was going right. to encourage you to, to say a word to those who may be listening that are young pastors yes. or fairly new pastors or maybe uh, maybe quite seasoned in the pastorate, but give them a word of encouragement or some, some yeah. wisdom from your experience. Well, I would say the most important thing every day in the life of the pastor needs to be his personal time with God. And if he will develop his walk with God, God will develop the breadth and the strength and, and, and even the distance of his ministry and the influence of his ministry. Every pastor I know 
knows they want to have influence. But influence is determined by your walk with God more mm-hmm. than you trying to work your way through a system. A system will always disappoint you. God will never disappoint you. The Bible says, for promotion does not come from the east, the west, or the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one. He sets up another. James 4 tells us that we need to humble ourselves before God, and He will exalt you. And so the greatest thing we can do for our lives, for our influence, and our future as a pastor is to humble ourselves in the presence of God every day and walk in the fear of the Lord. And then we talked about prayer, how important that is, but also the preaching and the proclamation, the powerful proclamation of the Word of God. Be faithful. Doesn't matter where you are, get in the Scripture, stay in the Scripture. Right now, for for all summer, we're preaching through the first five chapters of the book of Romans. We just finished Romans 8, 9, and 10. We're doing Romans 1 through 5 this summer. We're going to do the rest of Romans later. Point is, get people in the book. It's the power of the Word of God that changes lives. Now, here we are on the floor, the exhibit floor of the uh, Southern Baptist Convention in Dallas, Texas. What is your impression of what you're seeing so far? The (laughs) people that you're meeting. There's there's a lot of people in here. There are. And, uh, you know, I'm here, uh, Rich, to walk in here to be a part of this interview with you, which thank you for the privilege. Mm -hmm. But I'm also in here also to to do a book signing for a brand new book that just got released last week. Yes, tell us about that. Well, the book is called Living Fit. And it is really calling people to live fit spiritually and physically and relationally and financially and emotionally. Teaching people the power of looking at the gauges in each one of those areas of their lives and asking themselves, how fit am I according to the Word of God, Mm -hmm. according to what God wants me to be. And so it's a book that all persons can understand, relate to, and we've tried to make it extremely practical in short chapters. So I hope that people will go to the local store or go to Amazon and get it there or wherever you purchase your products from. Can I, can I get one here? Absolutely. All right. right over there. I'm All about right. to go I'm going to come over signing. to your book signing there We'd and, and pick it. up one of those, uh, one of those books. Thank Living you. Fit is going to be available, I suppose, at Christian bookstores it's everywhere. It's just right now on Christian bookstores. Amazon is right there for them to take their waters and move, move forward. Dr. Ronnie Floyd is our guest on The Complete Story today. Thank you, Dr. Floyd, for being with us and sharing with us. Thank you for your leadership, your ongoing leadership here at the Southern Baptist Convention, as well as the National Day of Prayer and with your church there, Cross Church in Northwest Arkansas. We have a lot of listeners there in Northwest Arkansas. If you're looking for a good Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church, that's a great one to attend. We would love to have them, Rich. Thank you for everything. And we broadcast your Sunday morning services as well. We're delighted to do it. God bless you. Thank you, Dr. Ronnie Floyd. Thank you. And we're back with you in the studio. This is Rich Bod. We're bringing you highlights of some of the interviews that we got from our Bot Radio Network booth on the exhibit floor of uh, last week's, uh, actually this past week's uh, Southern Baptist Convention in Dallas, Texas. Some 15,000 people were there. It was just really inspiring to be there with that many believers. Now, one of the uh, one of the most uh, exciting interviews that I had was the opportunity to visit with uh, Pastor H.B. Charles, the pastor of Shiloh Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. He was the pastor of the, uh, he was the president of the Pastors Conference uh, for the convention, and he talks about his father on this Father's Day weekend and following in his dad's footsteps as a preacher. I asked H.B. Charles about unity in the body of Christ. Talk to me about unity within the body of Christ. What does that mean to you? Well, first of all, 
when you say unity in the body of Christ, what comes to my mind, yes. first of all, is Ephesians 2, 14 through 18, uh -huh. where Paul declares that Christ is our peace. And he has broken down the middle wall of separation. And he has torn down the hostility between Jew and Gentile. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, he has reconciled us to God the Father through his redeeming blood. Mm -hmm. And really, this makes unity essential to any gospel work. Because Jesus' blood has torn down the wall and we must not build up walls where Christ's blood has torn them down. Unity is essential to what it means to be Christians. Now, John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world. He loved the world. And the, in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, which is Paul's thesis statement for the book of Romans, which is the textbook of the Christian faith. We know the beginning of the verse. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To, to the, the Jew, Jew first, first and, and also to, to the, the Greek. Greek. Absolutely. God is no respecter of person. But so John 3.16, for God so loved the world, that's all of us, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever. Yeah. And it's a whosoever kind of a gospel, isn't it? It absolutely it's is. for everybody. In John 12.32, Jesus says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. He does not mean that every person will come to him in saving faith, but he means all kinds of people. We are as fishers of men to use nets, not hooks. You can be picky with hooks, but nets catch everything. And <laughs> that's how that. the church ought to be. You know what? I heard somebody say, you know, um, when Jesus said, be fishers of men, we tend to, we tend to think of that in our modern vision of uh, fishing, where you throw a lure out and you try to get a fish to bite on it and then they get hooked. And he said, really what they did back in the biblical days is they would put a lantern they fish at night, and they put a lantern up on the mast, and the fish would be drawn to the light, mm. and then you cast the net and draw them into the boat. Wow. And the light is the Word of God. Absolutely. And you lift high God's Word, and people are drawn to it. Yeah. And then you bring them into the body of Christ. You bring them into a saving knowledge of Jesus by talking to them about the gospel. That is great. I'll use it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that? So that's not fishing with a hook, but fishing with the light. Yeah, fishing with the light. So you are the president of the pastor's conference, and you're pastor of Shiloh Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. Tell us about your story. How did you come to Christ? Everybody came to Christ one way or another yeah. because we're not born Christians. Right. We're born in sin. Absolutely. And, and, and we have to make a personal profession of Jesus Christ. Somebody once told me, you don't, um, being born in a Christian home no more makes you a Christian than being born in a garage makes you an automobile. But you need to make sure of your own salvation. So yeah. how did that happen in your life? Sure. Well, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. The church where I attended as a child, my father was the pastor. Mm -hmm. My mother was the minister of music, women's ministry leader, and church secretary. <laughs> did you ever see a, flannel, a <laughs> flannel graph lesson? Are you old enough for that? I was. Yeah, very, right at the edge of that. Flannel graph, yeah. And... I grew up with the gospel. Uh, sat my life was saturated with the gospel. But at the age of six, yeah. I personally had a moment of personal trust in Christ where simply I was just cornered by the truth that Christ died for my sins. Mm -hmm. And I believed that message and wanted to live for him. Uh, as a boy, not too long after that, the Lord placed clearly a call to preach on my life. Mm. And I began preaching at the age of 11. 
uh, under my father's watchful care in this church. The Lord uh, took my father home to glory at the age of 16. When you were 16, your dad died. My dad died. And a year later... And he was a preacher. He was the pastor of the church I was part of. I have an uncle that died in the pulpit. He was preaching when he passed away of a heart attack. But your dad died when you were 16. How old was your dad? My father was an older man. He was 59 years old. Okay. Well, he's not older. Well, no. oh, <laughs> somebody 46 now. You're absolutely right. <laughs> he died quite young. He did die quite young. He and wasn't even 60. No, wasn't even 60. And he uh, he passed away suddenly. And a year later, the church called me to be its pastor. I was a senior in Los Angeles High School. You grew up in Los Angeles? I grew up in Los Angeles, Somehow California. I was thinking you grew up in Jacksonville. No, no, you were in L.A. Yeah. And I served that church for 18 years. Until the Lord called me to Jacksonville 10 years ago. I'm now in my 10th year in Jacksonville, Florida at the Shiloh Baptist Church. So here you are at the Southern Baptist Convention. Yes, sir. How is it that you happen to be Southern Baptist? Well, our church was duly aligned in Southern California. I, it's an amazing thing, um, really needed just help to try to sort out Sunday school. And Southern Baptist helped us and we ended up becoming a part. And I ended up just being trained by Southern Baptist material, and I say the strange part about it is because uh, the names and authors that I was reading never in the world thought I would ever meet. And in the providence of God, I'm, I'm able to count some of those men as friends now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we moved to Jacksonville and led our church to be as well duly aligned for the purpose of uh, our, the doctrinal statement, mm -hmm. Baptist faith and message, and Church planting, so Christian me, education, du and world missions. Dually aligned, what does that mean for our listeners? Yes. So uh, I pastor a predominantly African-American church, yeah. and the church has historically been a part of the National Baptist uh, let Convention. Me, let me just insert something here. We don't have television. Uh, you're you're African-American. I am. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know if you use that term. You know, people use different terms, but... Yeah. but uh, no, I'm uh, a black guy. Yeah, yeah. God bless you. <laughs> yes, so, so, so you're, you're duly... Affiliated, yeah, aligned. You yeah. say with with the National Baptist or National what? Baptist okay. Convention of USA. You know, I remember uh, the Southern Baptist Convention in St. Louis. Ronnie Floyd was the president, and they had the president of the National Baptist. Uh, I was on the platform for that session. Remember I was that? a part of that session. Yeah. yeah, that was powerful. That was a very big thing. It, it's a reflection, first of all, I think of the heart of Dr. Ronnie Floyd. Yeah, and secondly, the direction of the Southern Baptist Convention. Tell us about that. Yeah, I am grateful and thankful for the friendships I have in the Southern Baptist Convention and the leader of so, leadership of so many good and godly men mm -hmm. who have as a priority what you mentioned earlier, Christian unity yeah. that transcends race, ethnicity, and background. And sometimes I see and read things in the news and I say, I, I don't know of which they speak. Um, because it's one thing to... Um, caricature the SBC from afar, but as an African-American man, a black guy, and pastoring a predominantly African-American church, I am grateful and encouraged for the partnership in the gospel that I have experienced in the Southern Baptist Convention and the work for Christian unity here and abroad that this, this convention you know, is doing. You know, I'm blessed to serve on the board of Far East Broadcasting, and we broadcast the gospel to countries all across the eastern 
part of the world, you know, uh, China yeah. and uh, Korea, Japan, and so forth. And, and as I talk to some of those people, I realize that the, 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 the listeners that hear the gospel on that far-off, distant part of the world uh-huh. respond in exactly the same way. Mm. Because within all of our hearts, we're sinners, and we need the message of Jesus Christ and what he did, how he died on the cross for our sins to provide salvation. And when they accept the Lord as their Savior, it's the same thing, regardless of what kind of a, a situation you grew up in, whether you're Asian over in the Far East, or whether you're Anglo, or whether you're Hispanic, or black, or whatever, we all need the gospel. Yeah. And the thing that I love about unity in the body of Christ is it is it, it kind of looks like heaven is going to look. Absolutely. It yeah. looks like heaven, where <laughs> Christ has purchased by his blood a people from every tribe, nation, tongue, and people. Praise yeah. God for that. Yeah, P- praise God for that indeed. You know, and it's uh, one blood. Um, Ken Ham wrote a book. You know Ken Ham? Uh, Answers in Genesis, the Creation Museum, and yes. he built the Ark. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a presentation called One Blood, the Biblical Answer to Racism mm. and How We're All One Blood. Yeah. And that's, that's a very important message that everybody needs to understand. And uh, if you're going to go to heaven, uh, you, you better get used to that. We're all going to be together. Absolutely. And, and we need to be working together here on earth, don't we? We absolutely do. Yeah, and that's what you're doing here. And uh, thank you for your leadership here at the Southern Baptist Convention as president of the Pastors Conference. What happens next year? So we just, in our last session, elected... Uh, Dr. Danny Wood, a pastor from Birmingham, Alabama, as the president who will lead next year's conference. That happens to be in Birmingham, Alabama. And oh, is that where it's going to be next year? <laughs> yes, hey, sir. did you ever see the movie Woodlawn? No, sir. Oh, you've got to see the movie Woodlawn because it's a true story okay. about this revival that took place during, I think it was 1974, mm-hmm. Woodlawn High School in Birmingham, Alabama. Back in the day, and they called it Bombingham. Huh. It was very, very... Uh, pivotal to the the civil rights movement, but it was about the revival that broke out in Woodlawn High School that created the climate for people to get saved all across the school system. I looked that up. And uh, the Irwin brothers uh, produced it. It's a Christian film, and it's a true story, but it's about the power of the gospel. It's about the power of gospel to overcome some of these challenges that that we're facing uh, even even today in our culture. And uh, thank you for your dedication to the Word of God. Thank you for your dedication to the body of Christ and preaching the Bible and to biblical unity. Yeah. I'm grateful for the privilege to serve, and thank you for having me on. Okay, God bless you. Pastor H.B. Charles, Pastor Shiloh Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, president of this year's Pastors Conference here at the Southern Baptist Convention. Thank you for coming to our microphones. Thank you. And that's all the time we have for your complete story today. We've kind of had a potpourri kind of a program talking about Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in our audience. We gave you an update about the Harvest America Crusade from Dallas, Texas with Greg Laurie. And then we talked with Ronnie Floyd and the National Day of Prayer. He's the pastor of Cross Church in northwest Arkansas. And then finally, we talked about unity in the body of Christ with Pastor H.B. Charles. God bless everybody. Have a happy Father's Day weekend.